Hello, and welcome to episode 32, which is going to be our Die Hard Ada Film School episode, where we get a, a little bit artsy and kind of go through the uh, stuff that they will generally want you to learn about when you go to learn about film history and that kind of thing. Um, I just insisted on Annie Hall because it's <laughs> one of my favorite movies, and I haven't seen it in like 10 or 11 years, so I kind of wanted to see it again. Um, and it was mm -hmm. pretty good. Does it still hold up for you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it still really holds up for me. Um, it's kind of weird because having, you know, say 25 years between the first time I saw it and then seeing it now, uh, mm -hmm. I st like, I still really love the movie, but it's weird because like, I kind of look at it through a different lens of like, oh, well, you know, everything Woody Allen's done in the last 15 years I've thought has sucked. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes me go, why can't he make movies like this again? Um, and it also like makes me think about, like, what is it that magic that you know artists have that it's so hard for them to reproduce? Like we see that with a lot of of different artists <laughs> in different genres, like like especially like musicians. Like look at like there's so many mm -hmm. bands that yeah. I love that were great for like you know three to five years, and then they're still a band, but like their music just is yeah. kind of like bad, you know yeah you keep buying the albums and you're just like yeah they're still pretty good i guess <laughs> right and it's like you know like and like woody allen and um i'm trying to think of another good example of this uh would be like uh, the band the punk band seven seconds like i loved the first few seven seconds <laughs> punk bands albums and then i was kind of thinking of them too <laughs> yeah and then like like out of nowhere their music was just kind of like well this is terrible and like they would put out a yeah. new album and i would go like i would still go buy it and i'd be like trying yeah. so hard to like like it you know just like like with woody allen movies you know i'll find out like a woody allen movie's coming out and i'll be like oh yeah i'm watching it and like i'll still go and watch it as soon as i find out one's out there and i'm like trying so hard to find something redeemable about it and i'm like this is awful this is just awful you know i I just don't think he. I don't think he gives a shit anymore. To be honest, like, I think Annie Hall, like he, like he seemed to like really care about putting out good art and good films. And now he could. I mean, he he still had the kind of attitude. Was like, well, if you like it, you like it. But he seemed to be more in tune with like, I want people to like this more than than he does now. Like now he he could give a shit what he's making and yeah, and, when, well, and you know, and I read I read before that one of his things is that he's very, very loyal to his crew. Like he's used the same film crew for 30 years and that, yeah, you know, part of it is that he's going to put out a movie, whether he's really passionate about it or not, just because he wants his film crew to make sure that they work and get, get paid. Um, and I don't know if that's the case or now, but yeah, definitely, you know, like that Amazon series that he put out, I mean, like I still watched it. I watched every <coughs> episode of it and was just like, mm. okay, maybe the next episode will be funny or, you know, maybe the next episode will be witty. And I'm like, no, it's just him being a pretentious douchebag mm. and using really tired jokes, you know? Yeah. Like I've, I always try to find something. Yeah. Like the last one I kind of liked, was it an irrational man? I kind of liked that one, but it was just like, you knew it was a Woody Allen movie, which so you kind of give it like, well, it's, it's going to be like kind of verbose and like nobody's going to talk the way people normally talk. And just that's fine. Right. It just depends on how well he pulls it off. And most of the time anymore, he doesn't pull it off anymore because he no. just he doesn't know how he doesn't know how anybody talks or like even try to make it sound like 
Right. And, it you know, it <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's really <laughs> obvious. Like it, it feels like a play, you know, or like even like a badly written play where, you know, he's he's thinking of how he wants people to talk, not how they actually talk. And it's a very good point. Um, the one movie that mm-hmm. I kind of liked was the one where. Um, like Owen Wilson would get in the car and go back in time and hang out with like the lost generation, you know, like Hemingway and Picasso and all those guys in Paris. What is it? it was called? Yeah, Midnight I mean, in Paris, wasn't it? Or Twilight in Paris, something like I mean, that. Uh, Midnight in Paris. Uh, Midnight in Paris. Yeah, I believe it's that's based on like a short story too. Mm. Uh, and one I'm, of his short stories, because I think I was I was I was reading I think one of the collections. And it popped up, and I was like, wait a second, I think this is fucking Midnight. And I think that's what he does a lot, too, is just, like, he just kind of, like, resources his own, just like, like, makes it feature length, and he thinks it's okay, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I just, I just wish that he could go back to, say, doing Annie Hall, because there was a lot of really kind of innovative stuff in Annie Hall. Um, like we talked yeah, before, yeah. the, the, um the scene where he's in the movie theater and he pulls Marshall McLuhan just out of nowhere. Marshall McLuhan just dishes the guy out. And uh, you know, like that was, you've never seen that in a movie before that. I mean, I, you've never really seen that uh, in a movie since, yeah. except for people actually referencing that scene, you know? Um, it was supposed to be uh Fellini too, they said, but Fellini didn't want to travel. So <laughs> it's got much of McLuhan. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it would have definitely been way better for for it to be have been uh, Fellini. Uh, Fellini. Yeah. Uh, although the although the joke works, the joke the joke pretty much works with like any sort of pretentious kind of you know quote yeah. unquote high art character. It could have it could have been anyone, and it would have been funny. Um, and I like another thing that he does really well in Annie Hall that uh, I've seen other artists do this really well. Um, like, you know, uh, John Waters is a good, uh, a good example mm-hmm. is being able to kind of combine that highbrow um, existential mm-hmm. literary sort of filmmaking with like really <clears throat> lowbrow kind of cheap jokes and, and pull it off mm-hmm. like a pull off a good balance of that. And um, I think that's something that, it's something I personally really enjoy. Um, mm. As it, what's funny? It's a, it's a funny bridge between before I, before this he did like his slapstick stuff, which was Love and Death, Bananas, sure, everything. Everyone, and like so that's like all this slapstick stuff. But then he comes into Annie Hall, which is like toned down, but still hilarious. But then like his next movie actually is Interiors, which is just a straight up drama. Yeah, there's so just like a weird like it's basically a weird like transition. Like you know, it's like. He's dissolving like a comedy into a drama right. with this one movie. Well, and, you know, and it's weird because I I despise his straight dramas when he doesn't put any humor in it, like Interiors and September. Mm. Uh, mm. You know, I'm like it, his his sense of the dramatic isn't enough to hold my attention. You know, he's got to be making jokes. I've got to be entertained by laughing because if he's just mm. doing straight drama, I mean it's. It's it's again. It's like people don't really talk that way. They don't really act that way, you know. Uh, and mm. the plot usually isn't thick enough for me to really care, you know. It's like okay, sure, you're married to this guy and you love this woman. That's you know. Mm. Uh, uh, but it's like come on, that plot's been done a thousand times. It's been done since freaking silent films, you know. There you go. There you go. Sorry, I lost you for a second. There you go. You there? Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, uh, and I just I look. I don't know. I mean, there's plenty of. What do you? What do you? Oh, go ahead. What do you feel about like, like Hannah and her sisters is kind of dramatic, but kind of not. It's yeah. a weird place. Dude, how would you feel about that one? Because I like that one a lot. And yeah, I really like. I really like um, Hannah and her sisters, and also Crimes and Misdemeanors, which are both kind of the same, the same thing where there's drama, but then there's also mm. sort of like I mean, and like. In crimes and misdemeanors, it's like the, most of it's a drama, and then Woody Allen's character kind of comes in for comic relief. Um, and and both of those I liked because uh, both of them had a little bit more depth to their plots, but they also weren't mm. they weren't just dumping all this stupid emotion on you. Um, they gave you a little bit of relief, mm. and and you found yourself wanting to watch through it because the funny parts were so funny, and uh, the plot was a little bit better. Yeah, with with interiors in September, he was really going for like his his Bergman opus movie, yeah. and it's like it doesn't quite doesn't quite work without some of his humor as well. And right? Yeah, I, I think usually um, he him, him 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 being in it usually helps as well. Doing yeah. Woody Allen has has never worked out in any of his movies really. Right. <clears throat> uh, there's a couple. There's a couple that he wasn't in that that I thought were okay. Um, Radio mm-hmm. Days wasn't too bad. Uh, I like that one a lot. That was that was like my first Woody Allen movie that I watched. I was like, because it was on HBO all the time. Yeah, and I thought it was just hilarious as like a kid, even. Right. So, um, but yeah, he narrates yeah. it, which helps. Yeah, he does. And then um, Purple Rose of Cairo, I thought was also pretty decent. Uh, you know. Oh yeah, which, yeah, that's a really good one. Which is another one that I I, I don't believe he's in that one. Um, but you know that one's good no. because it's a movie. <clears throat> That that doesn't actually break the fourth wall, but it's about breaking the fourth wall, which is was kind of which is kind of clever if you think about it, you know. Yeah, and he was supposed to have like the down the, the down the downer ending is like something that he was like he said it would have made more money if they had gotten married at the end, <laughs> but yeah, it wouldn't have yeah. been as true as sure. truthful. He said. Yeah, I I, I guarantee you that's that's true. There did have that really downer ending where everybody's just goes back to being, or well, the main character goes back to her, her miserable life or whatever. <laughs> yeah, because like yeah, the, the the actor goes back into the movie, which is yeah heartbreaking. Yeah. Um. Wait, so what, so what's your favorite period of Woody Allen then? Like, is it? I, I would it's, say. I mean, it, it, it's probably obvious, but, but yeah. Just, yeah, I would say definitely Annie Hall in Manhattan, like that late seventies where he was really kind of coming yeah. to his own. But like, it, it's it's weird. It's like you'd see you see it's like that's the peak, and then, you know, through the eighties, his movies are still pretty good. And then like every once in a while, he does one that kind of sucks, and then he'll like then a couple really suck, and then you know then he goes back and surprises you, and then like I mean just then the 21st century's kind of screwed him up but yeah i think like me personally i think annie hall and manhattan were his two like pinnacle films and then everything else is is kind of either leading up to that or, or going down from that yeah i probably agree i mean i just, i really do like his first few movies they're just like fucking wacky yeah like love and death and like Love yeah. and Death and Bananas for some reason are like two of my favorites. For sure. some, like, like Love and Death for some odd reason is the, the best with the, the wheat. Think about the wheat. Yeah. Oh, the wheat. <laughs> There's the chaff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that is hilarious. And um, 
I remember his uncle's got a little piece of land and he keeps it in his pocket. He's got a little piece yeah. of land and he keeps it in his pocket. <laughs> sure, <laughs> this and is I, mine. Yeah, and, I mean, and, t- and we can't forget "Take the Money and Run," which is another fantastic yeah. comedy. And you know, and for what it is, it's really funny, um, especially because he's kind of playing the character that he had built for himself as a stand-up comedian. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And like my first Woody Allen movie was actually when I was a kid. I watched it uh, was a Midsummer Night sex comedy. And, you know, and like, I was kind of, I was kind of really pissed off when I saw it as a kid because like, I thought I was going to get to watch porn, you know, like it came on HBO at like 1130 at night. And I was like staying up because my parents were out and the babysitter didn't care. And I was like, Oh, this is a movie about sex. I'm going to see like boobies, you know, because I'm like maybe eight or nine years old. And then there like wasn't any boobies in it. And it was all just kind of these like weird adult jokes and i was like well this is this sucks but i still watched the whole thing um i think it was pg too <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah it was, it was pg like it, was, PG it was very pg movie there wasn't uh, you know like now as an adult when i watched it later as an adult there is some kind of risque stuff but it's all in the dialogue it's not you know, it's all yeah. it's not in the yeah. you know and, and nine-year-old me wasn't getting any of those jokes um so well, it's like uh radio days for me radio days for me when i was on hbo there's always the joke that I never got until later when the kid brings a condom into it to show and tell i never understood <laughs> what that right. what that was until later <laughs> like, i never understood that until like like I was like, "What is? I don't understand what that is. Like, That's and why right. is that funny?" And that, this is kind of an <laughs> this is kind of an aside that doesn't really have anything to do with film. But uh, like, I remember when I was a little kid going into the uh, like the the gas station bathroom and seeing the condom mm. machine, and I'm like, "Dad, what's that?" <laughs> And, and, and Dad, not wanting to explain to you know like six year old me what a condom was, he was like, "It's a balloon you put on your penis." And I went, that's fucking awesome. You got to buy me one. And then for like two years, anytime we'd go to the gas station bathroom, I'd be freaking out for dad to buy me a condom. And he'd be like, we're getting out of here, kid. <laughs> this one's got spikes on it. Yeah. That one? Yeah. I mean, like, how can you tell a kid that it's a balloon for your penis and think that he's not going <laughs> to want that? <laughs> This one's neon, Dad. Can I have that one? It's yeah, pretty. It's pretty. It says it's glows in the dark. <laughs> glows in the dark. It says it says your lady will love it. I don't like. I mean, I want my ladies to like. Yeah. I want my people. To... <laughs> I know that. I know that I want a balloon. <laughs> yes, and it says people will enjoy it. Yeah. I'll enjoy it more. <laughs> yeah. Um. So there's that, but. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're getting a little off topic here. Well, speaking of which, I also really liked everything you wanted to know about sex and were afraid to ask because it had the giant booby that chased everybody oh, yeah. around in it. And I thought that was a pretty, uh, like a, a milestone in film history there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I never really liked that one. I liked Sleeper. Yeah, and Sleeper was really good. Uh, and I was just thinking of Sleeper recently because I would read the book. I read the novel Brave New World. Um, yeah. And I, well, I, I read Brave New World and 1984, and you can see the influence of those two books um, <laughs> on Sleeper. Like, whenever I was reading the books, I thought, hey, this reminds me a lot of the Woody Allen movie Sleeper. Like, I was like, he's really going out of his way to make fun of these two book concepts, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, he was always making fun of like the intellectual stuff, which is the, the funny thing in Annie Hall when he's with that with his one girlfriend, and they're at the party, but he's in the bedroom watching like the basketball game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's trying to have sex with her. <laughs> he's like, he says something. He's like, as as he removed his her bra. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, because yeah, she, she was taking him to meet all her things. And see, I think he kind of like bought into the fact that the the highbrow kind of literary crowd, um, you know, started getting into his movies. And like he he sort of got into that group by making fun of that group. And then, like, eventually yeah. he started catering to them, and I, I think he might have lost something whenever he started, you know, catering to them instead of just, you know, being angry and, and making fun of them. Because it was way more fun to watch you make fun of them, you know? Yeah, like, I think in Danny Hall, he was m- much more, like, how is it, like, and whatever. <laughs> He's more of a, he was more against the system than he is now. Like, he was more just like, yeah, this is all a, jo- this is all a joke. Everybody's a joke. Right. Like, I don't know what like his his movies are like essays now on like the way it used to be or some shit. I don't know like yeah, exact yeah, absolutely. They are kind of <laughs> like him being nostalgic versus back then when he was kind of trying to be groundbreaking. Um, and you know it's weird because you kind of see a lot of the art film from like the late seventies was really rebelling against that whole concept. Like look at John Waters. You know at that time period he was making like Pink Flamingos and Desperate Living which were just, like, intentionally the most vile and disgusting, yeah. awful things you could make, you know? <clears throat> he still kind of does do that, but he never lost his, I think, his... Uh, no, his and, and, no, he just, I think he just sort of realized that he didn't have to be so ridiculously over the top that he could, you know, kind of be sort of more, like, palatable, but still slip that crazy shit in, because he, he definitely still slips that crazy shit in. Um, did you read his book where he goes where he goes uh, hitchhiking across the across America? No, I don't think I did. John um, Waters, oh, it's so good. I read one of his. You should check it out because I it's read like, one of his books, but he it's didn't like, go it, hitchhiking in it. No, this is one where it's like I don't want I don't want to spoil it, but it's it's really good. It's really well written and just like it's like it's probably like the best not. John Waters movie movie there is you know what I mean like right um cool yeah like, no the book I read was really more of an autobiography um about mm. about like him and Divine and just like that whole crew from the 70s and and what was going on with them um and then it was it, it had a lot to do with his obsession with court with with trials and how he was friends with Tex Walker yeah, and yeah. the uh, it was a good book. Actually, I think I might have given that to you eventually. I don't know where it is anymore. Oh well. <laughs> is that is it is it a face value? Is that it? Mm. Is that what it's called? I wanted to say it was had juvenile delinquent somewhere in the title. It was like the value of being a juvenile delinquent or something. Hmm. I think I do. I mean, if it, I, maybe you did give me that book, but I I eventually got it signed by him too. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So, <laughs> so, I, can, I, can, I can give it back to you if you want because it's been signed now. No, it's cool. I, I mean, I, like, I, I know you've heard this story from me a million times, but my podcast listeners, our podcast listener uh, has not, you know, the six people about how I was drinking in the auto bar, which is a big um, punk rock club in 
um, Baltimore. I think you've told this story on the podcast. Oh, have I? Okay, never mind then. We'll skip it. I met, I, I, met John, I met John Waters in a bar one night, had a drink with him, and it was awesome. Like, you know, there's the long story short. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, yeah, John, John Waters pretty much deserves his own podcast, really. Uh, I feel like it does. I just haven't looked it up. I'm sure he's got something going on, right? I mean... Yeah, you know, like I don't know. I mean, it, the last I saw anything from him, he was like touring around different colleges and like lecturing and stuff. Um, which... I mean, his books. I mean, his books are really like the last one I read. The the touring, like the Hitchhiking book, was which is great. So it's like if he keeps writing books, I mean, go go for that. Like, why I mean... not? Yeah, I'm gonna have to end up getting that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of weird. He's been wildly successful with hairspray because of the uh, the Broadway yeah. a- adaptation, you know, um, and like that's constant. The remake, mm-hmm. <laughs> the remake of the movie. It's like that's insane. Yeah. Now, did he do the remake? I haven't seen it. No, no, I don't think he did anything to do with that. Yeah, I probably wouldn't see see him remaking any movies. Or if he did, it would be freaking sure. flamingos. I mean, I'm sure he got a nice, nice check for that. I'm sure. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure he gets nice checks for all that, which keeps him doing whatever it is he wants to do. To do right, like he doesn't, like he doesn't have to actually go out there and work. That reminds me of, uh, for some reason, that always reminds me of Tom Waits. A little aside, I was reading a Tom Waits biography, and like I love Tom Waits and like what he does, and it's great. But like I feel like the only reason he's able to do what he's does is because forever ago like a Fritos commercial like used like some one of his songs early songs without his permission and he sued them and got all <laughs> this money for it that's awesome so that makes me go I was like I don't know if, like I think Tom Waits would be a different Tom Waits if he hadn't been able to like get the freedom money like, yeah and kind yeah, of had, yeah, like, yeah. had to produce something because you're right he's never had uh, you know of course uh have you ever seen the television show The Wire? I'm sure I saw, I started watching. Up. I haven't seen it. I I've always wanted to need to watch it. I know, but I just okay. Well, the the theme song to The Wire is a Tom Waits song. Oh, is it? So nice. that's kind of cool. I mean, and I, I there's one like every season. It's the same song every season, but every season they like do a different version of it. And I think one of the hmm. seasons is the actual Tom Waits version, but then the rest okay. of the seasons are like people covering it. But yeah, it's a Tom oh, okay. Waits song, which is kind of cool. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, it's, another... it's, it's, it's one of the things where it's like I was like, I wish Tom Waits had worked worked more for it. Not that he had didn't struggle. I was I, I kind of hoped when I read this that he had more of a struggle than he had, mm-hmm. like like throughout his career but now it's just like he's had this freedom money that he right. was i mean not, not that he's not popular and like what he does doesn't make him money but right but it's not like he's like, taylor swift like or something you know no um, no you know honestly he's able to do what I he wish, wants i wish tom wants. waits had done more movies he's a freaking amazing actor should be in more shit god do you know like everything i can think of that he was in he was freaking awesome you know I can't even think of last time he was. I think he was in. Last thing he was in, I think it was Domino. Hmm. That 
the Tony Scott movie with uh, Mickey Rourke and Keira yeah. Knightley, right? Which I personally personally love, but it's, it's kind of terrible. Just, really, it's just, See, I don't think I don't crazy. think I've seen that, but I'll have to watch that because if it's got Mickey Rourke and Tom Wade in it, they're both two actors that I really like. Um, even after watching uh, what was that Hong Kong Heat, even after watching Hong Kong Heat, <laughs> I love Mickey Java. Rourke. Java Heat, Java. that's it. Java Heat, hot coffee, yeah. hot, hot coffee. coffee. Yeah, even after watching that, I still love Mickey Rourke. Um, I just pretend. Well, that... this was like right before his big comeback, and like he was just kind of like doing some roles, right? And like he had like this role in this movie, and it's, he's really good in it. And like it's actually written by you, you'd like this. It was, it's written by the Donnie Darko guy, Richard Kelly. Oh, okay, cool. It's written by him. Nice. So you might dig it a lot. So yeah, that's sounds... check it out. That sounds pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I'll definitely have to look, <laughs> look into what... that. It's when like Tony Scott got into his weird like, like almost like cut and paste style, where it's just like all these different fucking formats and footage and all this craziness that was happening. Like he was getting into this weird, weird version of you know, he's working these weird movies before he jumped off a bridge. Oh right. So, <laughs> R.I.P. Tony Scott. <clears throat> but so this movie came out in 1977. I was looking it up, right, Danny mm-hmm. Hall. And that was that fucking year had like so many fucking good movies. Great it's movies, insane. yeah. Star Wars. It's it. Star Wars. Uh, I just smoking the bandit, <laughs> like fucking yeah. Close Encounters. I didn't know that I mean, was from '77. Like, I thought that was a little bit later. Now I was looking on the Wikipedia because I wanted to see like because this one Best Picture. I was like, well, what was it up against and what came out? Yeah. There's like about twenty other movies that I would pick over any hall, but mm-hmm. like they're all just like, but they're all like, fucking just like so good, like so good. Yeah, well, Robert Altman movie. Yeah, and I mean you got to think Star Wars just because, but see, Star Wars is kind of hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, I mean Star Wars yeah, has yeah, such yeah. a huge influence on film. Um, but in nineteen seventy seven, I don't know if anybody knew that it was going to be that influential. No, it just like made a ton of money, but like. For the Oscars, that's nothing. You know what I mean? Right. The anything. Oscars could care less how much money a movie made. Um, and mm. <clears throat> especially like back then. And, you know, and you got to admit, freaking Annie Hall was very groundbreaking in and of itself. It did a lot of things that, you know, other movies hadn't did. It, it got away with a lot of things that other <coughs> movies had never even tried. So, um, but yeah, like, I mean, yeah, looking like talking, back. Oh, go ahead. <clears throat> which is like, like talking to the camera kind of like breaking the fourth wall type stuff. It's like really is like you hadn't really seen that type of stuff before really before any hall. He's been influenced by like Goudar and Bergman and shit like that. So that's where like he kind of, and Fellini, mm-hmm. like the big, the big three type of thing. And so you can see his influence, the influence of those guys in, in this movie for sure. Yeah. But you know, the, the fun thing about Annie Hall that I liked about it with the breaking of the fourth <clears> wall is not only did he break into the, the fourth wall, but he like did it in a way that was letting you in on the joke, you know, like it actually took you closer into his world because he mm. wanted to, he almost wanted to know what you thought of it. You know, like there's a couple times where, you know, he'd like look at the camera and be like, can you believe this shit? You know, like, and it wasn't like you'd <laughs> say that, but that's the look that he's giving you. And you think, yeah, you're right, Woody. This is some crazy shit, you know? And so now you're more invested in his character and in the film itself. The best one was where he's arguing with uh, Diane Keaton about her first therapy session. I just watched it this morning, so it's mm-hmm. fresh. 
And she's talking about it. She's like, oh, yeah. And it's talking about a better life. And she says, wife. Yeah. And he goes, no, you, just, you said wife. And she's like, no, you didn't. I said life. And he's like, what? And he turns the camera. He's like, you guys, you guys, you guys heard, heard that. Guys yeah, heard yeah. That. <laughs> it's like she said wife, right? Like he's actually trying to make you back him up, uh, which is fantastic. Yeah, um, stuff like that is just like, uh, I think, I feel like that type of stuff. I feel like it's, a, it's not, doesn't, nobody does that shit anymore, like to be honest. Like, no. As 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 like as, 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 as like far like as modern as we are and like as as meta as we are, I don't feel like I see that enough. Like that type of just like without like calling attention to itself as as much as I, I feel like it would probably be called attention to nowadays. Right. Well, d- it would be a it's, whole thing. It's, it's almost you almost said it there. We're like so <laughs> meta now that. Yeah, it's yeah. Not it, it. It's like being meta for the purpose of being meta, not for the purpose of yeah. like trying to further the the movie. It's like, hey, look, I can freaking reference myself, and I'm so cool, you know. Like, oh, this is meta as hell, and, and <laughs> so like, if it's if it's <laughs> yeah. done, it's like overdone, and it's not not nearly as masterfully done, or you know. That's that. I guess that'll be the key for eating cars to bring it back because I do a lot of that type of stuff in it. So it's like sure. I don't know if I'm doing it on that type of level or on like a Woody Allen level or whatever. we'll see. Right. We'll see what's up. It's not too bad. Actually, the... it's not too bad. At least in the rough cut, it's not too bad. I mean, it's it's not to the point where it makes you go, "Oh, he's doing it again." You know what I mean? You don't notice it that much. Actually, the TV show Fleabag. Which yeah. the, the lead actress in Eating Cars told me about. I was watching it as we were doing it. I was like, oh shit, we are doing kind of like a flea bag because she does it. Yeah. Well, actress in Fleabag does it. And she does it really well, too. Like, it's yeah. Like, it's in, like, in, and I, I love Fleabag um, yeah. because of that. Because it's almost like the whole show is just her and you. <laughs> and then everything going on around it is her trying to explain to you what's going yeah. on. Um, yeah. You know, and it's funny. I actually have an ex girlfriend who really reminds me of the character Fleabag, but I don't want to like say to her because if she hasn't seen it, I don't want to be like, "Oh, you remind me of the main character of the show Fleabag," because she's gonna fucking hate me even more than she does now. Um, but like, yeah, I, don't I, know that, I don't know if that's like a big compliment or not. Like, yeah. I well, mean... <laughs> the thing about this ex girlfriend is, I always suspected that she had like, like I always felt like she was narrating this narrating like everything that she was going on she was like narrating to somebody else you know like she had this weird <laughs> internal dialogue like going on like all the time um she, she would like go silent and look off to the you're like what are you what are you looking yeah, at like, yeah like i mean like it really did like like when i was dating her it felt like we were like on a reality show that i wasn't a privy to um and it was like it was one of those things that sometimes it could be really charming and sometimes it could be really fucking annoying (laughs) you know (laughs) wait i've known this person just say that no no okay no no i dated her around maybe 2001 2002 you were already in either ohio or hollywood by then Hollywood. No, I was in Ohio. I was in Ohio. I was in Ohio. Still, right. I've I've never technically been in Hollywood. So yeah. Okay. So <laughs> L.A. Well, you know, one of those things. Uh, West Coast. West Coast. Um. So. Uh, Cool. Uh, well, I think that we've done a pretty good job of covering Woody Allen. Um, we did a really shitty job of covering Ingmar Bergman, but you know, it's tough. It, it's funny because 
I couldn't find this fucking movie without paying like 20 bucks 20, for a DVD. Right. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because when we lived together in Maryland Avenue, like I remember we used to go on big excursions to like Wonder Book and Video and like we'd go out of town to DC to try and find mm-hmm. like these films. And whenever we said, let's do Woody Allen and Ingmar Bergman, I was like, yeah, you know, that'd be pretty cool because I remember when we used to live together and it was so hard to get these Ingmar Bergman films that we never really got to watch any of them. And now that we have the mm-hmm. internet, it'll be really easy. And, and it turns out nope, <laughs> it's still just as hard as it was. <laughs> We well, we picked a very obscure one too, which was like true. Because I, I found that it's on YouTube, but it's unsubtitled, so it's in yes. was it like Swedish? It's in Swedish. <laughs> it's, it's, it's three hours long, so I was like, I don't know if I can sit through a three-hour Swedish movie. Where I have, well, the, the clip I showed you as well, I sent you a clip uh-huh. of the act, actress basically talking about the ending of the movie, right? And it's like where she, I guess, kills herself. It's basically a, it's the three hours of her like. I guess contemplating killing herself, and then she finally does. I feel like is what the movie's about. Right. <laughs> and like she talks about the last scene of her killing herself, and, and how long it goes on. I was like, that's. I think that's. I think that's good. That, the interview I saw was like enough. <laughs> like yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's <laughs> like I'm. I'm good until it comes out on Blu-ray. I'm okay. I'm right. Good. Right. We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna have to get back to you on what movie we're gonna do next week because I'm. Uh, uh, kind of pressed for time, and well, it's actually Christmas next week. So, so let's skip next week, and we'll do it in two. I mean, weeks. I don't know if you want two weeks. Probably, probably two. I guess though. I guess that'll be New Year's though. So, but we can figure something out. Right, there'll be time off and stuff. Do you have cool. any time off coming up? Mm-mm. No, okay. no. Unfortunately, in my profession, um, the holidays are really busy. Uh, it's really hard to get time off. Um, and... Kind of take time off. Yeah, <laughs> crime does not take time <laughs> off, and they don't let they don't let them go home. They don't let them go home for holidays either, which is kind of messed up. But uh, but then like starting in January, I can get all the time off I want. So okay, well, it might be a few weeks then. But uh, yeah, just keep in touch. Okay, cool. And we'll we'll figure something out because I I got work too. But like I have my regular days off. So, right. I mean, whatever. So yeah, oh, we can figure something out. Cool. All right, well, thanks for listening cool. this time, guys, and we'll uh, see you in a few weeks. Have a Merry Christmas, and um, watch action movies or Woody Allen movies, either way. Watch Die Hard. It's the best Christmas movie. Watch Die Hard. <laughs> it's the best Christmas movie. <laughs> All right, peace. All right.